chapter forty six of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter forty six after seven years from exeter to barnstaple we crowded sail with horses tails and a heavy sea of mud leaping and breaking under the forefoot of our coach also two boys on the horses dressed like any admirals one with horn on his starboard thigh and the other with jack-boots only it was my privilege to sit up in the foretop as might be with cocks and toms in the mizzen-top and the captain down in the waist by himself we made about six knots an hour perhaps whenever we got jerks enough to keep up the swearing but the impatience of our captain showed how very young he was now at forty years of age according to chronology though nobody would believe it surely he might have waited well after so long waiting and if he could not chew a quid which breeds a whole brood of patience at any rate he had fine pipes and with common sense might have kindled them i handed him down my flint and steel and my hat to make a job of it but he shut up the glass and cried more sail in a voice that almost frightened me it was as dark as main-top tree holes by the time we got to barnstaple but we found no less than four fine lamps of sperm oil burning and tallow candles here and there and shops of spirit and enterprise the horses were stalled and the baggage housed in a very fine inn looking up the street and then the captain told toms and me to house up our jibs while he went out this we were only too glad to do after so much heavy rolling upon terra firma as those landsmen love to call it in spite of all earthquakes such as killed thirty thousand italian people when first i took to the sea again but before long toms and i began to feel that we had no right to abandon our commander so here we were in a town that hardly ever saw a royal sailor and could not be supposed to know for a moment what his duties were or even to take a proper pride in seeing him born harmless and here was our captain gone out in the dark with his cocked hat on and his gold lace shining wherever a tallow candle hung also with a pleasant walk as if he were full of prize money though the evil one had so patched up a piece that we'd never clinked a halfpenny when old jerry toms and my humble self had scarcely gone through three glasses he said to me and i said to him that we were carrying on too coolly in a hostile town like this and just at this moment the navy was down in popular estimation for such is the public urgency whenever we are paid for without being killed or wounded therefore jerry and i were bound to steer with a small helm and double the watch we beat up the enemy's quarters calmly finding none to challenge us and then we got tidings of our captain out upon the Bronton road 
jerry was a man of valour and i could not hang back to be far behind him and we had been concerned in storming many savage villages so we stormed this little town carrying our hangers and nobody denied us but before we were half a mile entirely out of hearing the mayor arose from his supper and turned out the watch and beat the drums and bread such alarm that in one street there were three more people alive ere morning meanwhile jerry times and i shaped our course for the braunton road and hit it and held on to it and because no man in strange places knows what the air may contain for him jerry sang a song and i struck chorus with such an effect that the cows were frightened all along the hedgerows this put us quite on our legs again and a more deeply sober couple could not or at any rate need not be seen than that which myself and jerry were after two miles of walking in this manner steering free yet full of responsibility we doubled the last point of the road where it fetches round to narnton court and here we lay to and held council out of the tide of the road and in what seemed to be a lime-kiln the coxswain wanted to board the house and demand our captain out of it we had carried all public opinion thus and the right thing was to go on with it but i told him very strongly so that he put down his collar from his ears to listen that no doubt he was right enough upon a hundred thousand subjects yet was gone astray in this and if we boarded a house at night after carrying all the town by storm what ship have we to bear us away from the mayor and his constables to-morrow in this dilemma who should appear but the captain himself with his head bowed down and his walk which was usually so brisk in spite of a trifling lameness his very walk expressing that his heart was full of sadness how much longer how much longer he was saying to himself being so troubled that he did not see us in the shadow there my own brother to have sworn it will the lord never hold his hand from scourging and from crushing me would that i were shot and shrouded it is more than i can bear in this gloomy vein he passed us and we looked at one another daring not to say a word how could a pair of petty officers think of intruding upon the troubles and private affairs of a post-captain even though since our ship was paid off we could hardly be said to serve under him blow me out of the mouth of a gun cried coxswain toms in a shaking voice if ever i was so amazed before i would have sworn that our skipper was not only the handsomest but the happiest man in all the service then jerry i could have set you to rights how many times have i hinted that our skipper had something on his mind and none of you would hearken me true for you my lad i remember now you come to speak of it but we paid no heed because you looked so devilish knowing and would go no further old dio i beg your pardon now there is good stuff in you friend dio thoroughly good stuff in you i should rather think there was i replied perhaps a little dryly for he ought to have known it long ago jerry i could tell you things that would burst the tar of your pigtail nevertheless i will abstain being undervalued so ho shipmate haul your wind and hail i am blessed if it isn't old heaviside even in the dark i knew by the walk that it was a seaman and now my eyes were so accustomed to look out in all sorts of weather that day or night made little difference to my sense of vision which as you may see hereafter saved a british fleet unless i do forget to tell of it heaviside is my name sir and i should like to know what yours may be david llewellyn and so we met and i squeezed his hand till he longed to dance and i was ready to cut a caper from my depth of feeling 
i introduced him to jerry toms according to strict formality and both being versed in the rules of the service neither would take precedence but each of them hung back for the other fellow to pretend to it if he dared i saw exactly how they stood and being now as master's mate superior officer to both i put them at their ease by showing that we must not be too grand thus being all in a happy mood and desirous to make the best of things we could not help letting our captain go to dwell upon his own fortunes not that we failed of desire to help him but that our own business pressed gunner heaviside let us down to a little cabin set up by himself on the very brink of taw high-water mark as a place of retirement when hard-pressed and unable to hold his own in the bosom of his family you may well be surprised for i was more i was downright astonished to find that this was my old ferry-boat set up like a dog begging on shores with the poop channelled into the sand and the sides eked out with tarpaulin a snugger berth i never saw for a quiet man to live in and though heaviside scorned to tell us and we disdained to ask him that as i guessed from the first was the true meaning of it this poor fellow had been seduced and i felt for his temptations when he came fresh from salt water and our rolling ideas of women into rapid matrimony with that sharp nanette he ought to have known much better and i ought to have given him warning but when he had made up his mind to settle i thought it was something solid i gave him the names as i may have said of good substantial farmers daughters owning at least a good cow apiece from the date of their majority also having sheets and blankets and as they told me many a time picked goose feathers enough for two and yet he must go and throw himself away upon that nanette so but when i came to hear his case and he for a moment would not admit that it was worse than usual or that he wanted pity more than any other men do and scarcely knew how far he ought or dared even to accept it and then at the gurgling of his pipe fancied that he heard somebody jerry and i squeezed hands for a moment and were very careful not to tantalize this poor man with our strong set resolution give a wide berth to all womankind was what we would have said if we could when now it was too late for him failing that stand off and on and let the inhabitants come down and push off their boats and vittle you poor heaviside fetched a sigh enough to upset all arrangements for jerry and i good widowers both were not likely to be damped at the proper time for jollifying by the troubles of a man who was meant to afford us rather a subject for rejoicing therefore we roused him up and said or at least conveyed to him that he must not be so sadly down upon his luck like this and hearing that he had six children now and was in fear of a seventh one i was enabled to recollect more than twenty instances of excellent women who had managed six and gone off at the seventh visitation this good news put such sudden spirit into my old shipmate that he ceased for a long time to be afeard of all that his wife could do to him he never said a word to show what his mind suggested to him whether good or evil only he made me tell those cases of unmerited mercy as he put it such a number of times that i saw what comfort he was deriving and then we challenged him to tell us what was going on with him he seemed rather shy of discussing himself but said that he was in sir philip's service as boatman longshoreman and river bailiff also pork salter as a son of the brine and watercress picker to the family in a word he had no work whatever to do as you may pretty safely conclude when a man is compelled to go into a catalogue of his activities 
this sense of ease overweighed him no doubt and made the time hang heavily after so much active service so that naval instructor heaviside moved about and began to gossip and having no business of his own spent his mind upon other folks now as we began to see through him and the monotony of a fellow who is under his wife's thumb without the frankness to acknowledge and enlist our sympathies for this universal burden both jerry and i desired to hear something a little more new than this all things are good in their way and devised by a finely careful providence so that no man whose wife is a plague to him can fail of one blessed reflection to wit that things are ordered so for the benefit of his fellow-creatures thus our noble heavy side not being satisfied with the state of things at home especially after he had appealed to nanette's strong sense of reason which bore sway in the very first week of half the honeymoon gloriously and after he had yielded slowly all his outworks of tobacco coming down from plugs to pipes and from pipes to paper things without stink enough to pay for rolling and so on in the downward course till he would have been glad of dry sugar-canes or the stems of old man's beard this poor but very worthy fellow gallantly surrendered and resolved to rejoice for the rest of his time in his neighbour's business mainly herein he found great and constant change from his own sharp troubles everybody was glad to see him and the wives who were the very hardest upon their own husbands thought that he showed himself much too soft in the matter of madame heaviside it was not his place when that subject arose to say either yes or no but to put aside the question as one that cannot be debated out of the house with dignity only every one liked him the more the moment they remembered how contagious his complaint was regard this question as you will according to lack of experience it was much for our benefit that the naval instructor was henpecked he had accumulated things such as no man can put together whose wife allows him to have his talk if he may lay down the law or even suggest for consideration he lets out half his knowledge and forgets the other half of it whereas if all his utterance is cut short at beginning he has a good chance to get something well condensed inside him thus if you find any very close texture and terseness in my writings the credit is due to my dear good wife who never let me finish a sentence i dare say she had trouble with me and i must be fair to her it takes a very different man to understand a different woman and these things will often touch us too late and too sadly i gave her a beautiful funeral to my utmost farthing and took her headstone upon credit almost before the sexton would warrant that the earth was settled that night my old friend heaviside who has led me from like experience into a wholly different thing showed some little of himself again before our whale-oil light began to sputter and bubble too violently our society quite renewed his hope of getting away again especially when i explained to him that according to my long acquaintance with law no one could hold him accountable for any quantity of children which a frenchwoman might happen to have an alien to wit and a foreigner worst of all a frenchwoman could not expect all her froggy confinements to hold good in england he had committed a foolish and unloyal act in buckling to with an alien enemy and he deserved to pay out for it but i thought and coxswain toms was of the same opinion that poor heaviside now had suffered ever so much more than even a frenchwoman could expect of him and we begged him to go afloat again 
he shook his head and said that he had not invited our opinions but to a certain extent endeavoured to be thankful for them yet he suggested delicately that after being so long at sea we might have waited for our land-legs before we became so positive and if we would not mind allowing him to see to his own concerns he would gladly tell all he knew about those of other people this appeared to me to be a perfectly fair offer but jerry toms took a little offence on account of not knowing the neighbourhood as superior officer of the three i insisted upon silence especially as from old times i knew what villainy might be around us and as soon as heaviside could describe quite clearly what tack i stood upon he distinctly gave his pledge to be open as the day therefore we all filled our pipes again and took fresh lights for them and looked at one another while this old chap told his story and please to mind that he had picked up a prawn netful of little trifles such as i never could stoop to scoop because he won such chances through the way the women pitied him only i must in shipshape put his rambling mode of huddling things if you please we are now going back seven years and more than that to the very date of my escape from devonshire so as to tell you what none of us knew until we met with heavy side chapter forty six